Welcome to the Teamwork Advantage podcast with Greg Gregory, founder of TeamsRock.com. Join us as Greg interviews thought leaders and successful team and leadership experts from professional sports to manufacturing to business and industry. Now, let's join Greg for another powerful episode of the Teamwork Advantage. Welcome back to the Teamwork Advantage. We're a podcast that focuses in in three key areas, teamwork, leadership, and culture. Hi, my name is Greg Gregory, founder of the Teamwork Advantage and teamsrock.com. We're looking to help you improve your teams, whether we're talking your teams uh, in the volunteer sector, whether we're talking your families, whether we're talking in your everyday life at work, teamwork is essential in every aspect. And how we lead those teams and build the culture is what really makes us successful in every one of those areas. Joining us today, and by the way, the, the podcast has been downloaded in over 79 countries, so we're going all over the uh, world with this. We've been in 79 countries. We're in our seventh season, going strong. If you like us, be sure to click the like and subscribe buttons down below uh, and share with us. Share the podcast. Let people know what you found. Go back and listen to some old episodes if you're new, because we've got some amazing ones out there in the last seven seasons. Joining us today is a gentleman from across the pond in the United Kingdom, and he has experience both as a corporate lawyer, an investment banker, of course, as a team leader, and our guest today is really currently focusing in on his new duties as CEO of United Renewables in the United Kingdom. They're a leading renewable energy developer and clean tech investor, which I think in today's environment with some of the things we've been hearing recently about climate control and things like that is absolutely essential. Prior to founding uh, United Renewables and as a part of a transition to entrepreneurship, Chris obtained his MBA from London, School of, London Business School, where he was a student of the year, Student Association Assembly President. So obviously we know that Chris, you are an underachiever in that aspect. So we <laughs> like that. Uh, Chris hosts his own podcast called Conversations on Climate. It's a podcast and a video cast series exploring wide ranges of solution on global climate crisis. So I encourage you to check that out as well. Uh, he loves spending time with his family, going skiing, uh, working out in the gym, volunteering, and learning something new as often as possible. And Chris, you'll love my philosophy if you're not growing, you're dying. So welcome to the Teamwork Advantage. Thank you very much, Greg. It's a great pleasure to be on. So one of the things I like to do with our guests right up front is we've read your bio. We know a little bit about you when it comes to all of that. But what I really want to do is learn how you got there, okay? You didn't wake up one day, say, I'm going to start this renewable company, you know, energy renewals and things like that. How did you get there? I mean, lawyer, investment banker, you know, you, you, you cover a wide gamut. So kind of give us the, the down and dirty on how you got there. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Okay, so um, you right, started out as a corporate lawyer. I uh, did that for a couple of years and uh, just more through through chance and happenstance ended up in investment banking. I got the chance to do a three-month secondment, really enjoyed it and ended up staying there for 10, 11 years in, in the industry. I was brought in first as a legal guy. Um, as a lawyer, what you really care about is whether documents make sense. But when you get into investment banking, you need to look at a much, much kind of broader remit of things. You need to look at the, the 
the, the micro um, economic environment, the macroeconomic environment, the strengths of the, the customers, strengths of suppliers, uh, the strengths of the board. All of these things are important to investment bankers. So I found that far more kind of holistically interesting. Um, spent ten odd years there, kind of going up, go, going through the through the ranks. Ended up uh, at the you know top of a of a desk, uh, head of the desk in uh, in investment bank in London, uh, running corporate finance team there. Then the uh, the great financial crisis hit, and it was after years and years of just continually chasing kind of the quarterly the qu quarterly results, quarterly results. That's all, all you really cared about. And um, then suddenly you had a moment to pause and you had a moment to kind of go, oh, wait a minute, what do I really want to do, want to do with my life? And so like, you know, I'd, I'd had kids, I was getting increasingly into kind of infrastructure, I was looking at that's, you know, the energy and the energy transition as the greatest challenge of our, of our generation. And also equally as a very good kind of wealth opportunity too. So there was, there was kind of a dual, dual purpose there. Um, so then decided, right, I, I will, I will, I will take take a pause, stand stand back here, go back to school. So go, went back to London Business School, trying really trying to evaluate um, and figure out where I wanted to go, what I wanted to go to. So went into went into London Business School as a uh, investment banker and left as a founder. So came out the the other side, set up a business called uh, Causeway Winds, and that was the, the the first business in their kind of United Renewables um, you know, structure, uh, so so to speak. Uh, firmly believes, as like as I said, that the energy transition and the climate crisis is the greatest challenge that we are facing now. I just wanted to play play my part in whatever small part I can I can do to try and and help with you know great great crisis that we are we are all facing. And that's fascinating because you've taken something that is so personal to you. So you've obviously got a passion in that area and you've built an organization around that and United Renewables is, is that organization. And so when we think about that type of a situation, getting the strength and getting it built, what was it like? I mean, sustainability is a term you use and you refer to sustainability as long term. So talk to me a little bit about and define sustainability. Okay, sure. Uh, sustainability, as you say, it's 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 very little more than long term strategic planning, which is a lot. But it's it, people do tend to to. There's a lot of misconceptions around sustainability. A lot of misconceptions about about what it is. One of them is it's about one uh, molecule, which is carbon, and it's only about the environment. But it's not. It is um, the steps that a business needs to take to survive and to thrive in the long term. Mm -hmm. that, that means um, either the, on the survival part of it, it's spotting and averting the showstoppers, the things that can just just bring you to a halt. So like you're yeah, as a local business, you're polluting a local lake, for instance. That's that's going to stop you. As a, as a larger manufacturing business, if you're using child labor in your in your supply chain, again, that's that information coming out that will stop you. So that's it's it's focusing on those risk areas and making sure you understand them and you you, you take you take them off the page. Um, on the the long term, uh, to buy, on sorry, the thriving part of it, um, a recent McKinsey study showed that um, you can receive a forty seven percent increase in revenue from thinking long term um, over 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 an extended period. So this is a it's not only that your business will survive for longer because you've gotten rid of the showstoppers, but you will be making more income. As you go as you go along there you put those two things together you end up with a with a more valuable business and that's surely that is that is the point that so that keeps mm -hmm. everybody happy <laughs> yeah. right so let's look at this now from and that level is the 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 c-suite look 
making it more viable. So you're obviously, if you're making more money, the organization is making more money, you're able to share that with people, be able to build the organization and continue the, the growth. And I totally get that. And that's so true. So when you think about sustainability at the next level down in management, what are some things there that come to mind for you? Sure. Um, sustainability is all about um, alignment of the various people that you, that, that you touch in your business. And that can be your employees, your investors, your suppliers, your regulators, um, your customers, the, the area that you live in. Like it's, it's, it's a kind of holistic view of you're not just chasing your, you're not just doing your, kind of your Milton, Milton Friedman quarterly, quarterly profits type, type, type of view of the world where you're just trying to maximize shareholder value. Shareholders are a very important uh, stakeholder, there's no doubt, but they're not the only one. Right. Um, so it's, if you can make everybody happy, if you can have happy employees who turn up um, for your turn up with the best best self in the day, um, happy suppliers, happy happy regulators, all these these people these people are, are happy and content with you, you will have a you'll, you'll just have a happier life. You have a more positive impact on the world. And if things things go wrong, people are going to be much more forgiving forgiving of you as well. If things go right, you can be be, be sharing and sharing in the wealth. It's it's. Um, it's it, to me, it's a complete no-brainer. Like just taking um, employees as an, as an example. Like we're in a world now in in both the, in the U.S. and, and Europe and, and large other parts of the parts of the world of full employment, where eighty percent of businesses are struggling or like report to be struggling to be finding to be hiring people to be find, finding the right employees. Right. Demographics are showing that that's only going to get worse, like significantly worse. Um, by twenty thirty, we'll have eighty five million people. Um, skill uh, there'll be an eighty five million um, skilled worker shortage. Um, like eighty five million people is a lot of people to fill, and I can't see you know ChatGPT filling that myself. <laughs> you know, it's it's just it's it's, it's not going to happen. Um, and yeah. two two thirds of those guys and girls are going to be millennials and Gen Zs. And millennials and Gen Zs have got a different view of the world and diff different priorities than, 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 than our generation. Oh, um, you're absolutely right. Um, when we think about Gen Zs, millennials, they're focusing on something different. So I want to let you finish your statement, but I want to go back and find out more about what they're looking for. For sure, for sure. So, um, if again, like there's um, just give you a few stats, and that's not don't 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 be kind of uh, inundating on stats, but uh, for the first time, um, as far as these stats have ever been been, been pulled together, you've got a majority of, of people within the millennial, millennials and Gen Z, this generation, who are prioritizing purpose over money. So 42% of, of millennials and Gen Zs will be saying that they will they will choose purpose rather than dollars. Only um, 38% say that they have dollars over purpose, and 20% say it's equal. So do do those do those sums? Got 62% of people who say that at least it's equal. That at, at very least, purpose is equal to to two dollars. And more people say that, and 42% of people say purpose that they will sacrifice actively sacrifice money for the for the sake of purpose. Now, the 38% of people who who, who want to go go for the dollars, they're 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 the kind of, you sign your deal with Goldman Sachs. You understand what they're demanding of you. You understand you're going to be giving a giving up your weekends, and that's that, that that's what's important to you. And that will be will always remain an important dem demographic. But if you want to be tapping into the 62% and not having to pay Goldman Sachs salaries, what you need to be doing is trying to trying to be moving in and intrinsically motivating people. So trying to get people who are motivated by 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 the job, by the satisfaction, by the employment, by the purpose of what they're doing, as opposed to just pure purely dollars. And that's fascinating because when you look at it from the dollars and the purpose point of view, then you take it to the other aspect 
the Gen Zs and the millennials, they're more about experiences than they are other aspects too. So there's some definitive differences in the generations there. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's all feeding out into the. Um, it's less about the the the, the owning of the. It's, you know, it's more about experience and less about ownership. So it's 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 an entirely di different different mindset. And people don't want to be going in and chasing uh, dollars for dollars' sake. They want to be chasing dollars for 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 a purpose. And the purpose is is something that's intrinsically valuable to them. And that can can be like if you're if you're someone who is who very much values experiences. Um, experiences tend to be out in the external world, like you know, it's 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 visiting other places, other places. It's it's meeting meeting other people. It isn't about having a, having a big car outside. And to do that, you need time, and you need the world to be you know pleasant and habitable. <laughs> so there's there, there's there's a lot going to it. Like we could break down into like the the about how Instagram has influenced these the, these things and how how the um, the way that our own technology has been raised on like how the TikTok generation are different to the Instagram generation or different different to to the original kind of email generations. But that may be an entirely different podcast. Well, oh, that's a whole, that's a whole different line <laughs> of communications. There, there's no doubt about it. So let's talk about sustainability, both and I, in doing this, I want to keep in mind the C-suite level plus the manager's level. We're looking at this. Um, some companies have done a pretty good job yeah. with strategy and planning, and some have not. Um, and granted, if we go back and look at this, uh, over the years, certain things replace other industries. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right now, streaming is outperforming album sales, okay, hard LPs. Those are things that happen with progress. But when we're looking at sustainability and other aspects, um, you have mentioned that Dick Sporting Goods is doing an amazing job as they're revamping things. What are they doing right? And then what has companies like Budweiser done wrong? Sure, so sure. let's look at that. Yeah. Okay. So um, this. So we're talking about looking at things from from the kind of the customer, like as as your stakeholder um, uh, viewpoints um, frame. So it's with first kind of it's the first important thing to know about this is that forty percent of all consumers are currently boycotting some product for some reason uh, that is misaligned to their own to their own purpose and sense of self. So that's that's a big percentage of people. Who Actually, I thought that would have been higher. Believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's it as the generations, as more of your Gen Zs and Millennials become the 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 larger portion of consumers, then there'll be more boycotting. You know, that's, okay. that's just, 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 just well, I know I'm boycotting a couple, so that's fine. Yeah, oh, right, <laughs> okay, I, okay. Taking Dick Sporting Goods now, it's a really good example of a okay. It's it's taking on a difficult subject, which is um going going back. Uh, it's it's a gun control subject. So the the CEO of Dick's uh, Sporting Goods is 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 a is a gun fan. He's a gun guy, but he saw high school, high school shooting, and he went, "No, I, I I can no longer have have any part of this." Um, as, as it turned out, the gun wasn't actually bought at one of the stores, but the guy who did the shooting bought um bought bought a, bought a, had a, had a different gun bought in the store. They just he just took the deal and said, "No, I'm not. I I can't be doing this anymore." Went into his boards, and um, his board said, "Whoa! Like this is going to cost us two hundred fifty million dollars in sales." And he also had the advantage that he controls uh, two thirds of the shares. But 
he went out. He he, he was uh, kind of man who was principal. He said, "No, t- taking all of the, these these particular these particular frame of weapon weapons off the shelves, uh, put them away." Very much annoyed one one section of the population, but very much ingratiated himself to another section of the section of the population. So he's he stood in his principles. He was very clear on what he wanted. And he was rewarded by 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 being you know, unambiguous. Uh, so so his his share price went up fourteen percent, even though he was writing off two hundred and fifty million dollars in sale in sales from the, from the stock market. So it's like quite a kind of like a, a remarkable way you wouldn't expect there if you if you take a decision that that takes away a material part of your, part of your top line that it, it actually impact that it positively impacts your share price. But it did. That's amazing because then you start to look at. Southwest Airlines in their growth days did the same thing. They continued the growth at a very steady pace, as opposed to the good years growing exponentially. They built it very much. The shareholder said, no, let's go bigger. Herb Keller says, no, let's not. Tylenol in 1985, when they had the uh, problem, they said, take it off the shelves worldwide. Everybody else says, no. So those are, those are decisions that are made, I think, of what you're saying not necessarily specifically about the dollars and cents, but about what is the right thing to do. Yeah, it's it's about aligning your own. Um, it's it's about being sincere. It's about aligning your your business with your purpose. It's aligning your having a clear message message out to your customers saying this is what we stand for, and the customers either get on board with it or don't. And and if you get on board with it, they're going to be more loyal to you. And if they and if they don't, well, they don't. And that's okay. But you, it's, it's again, it's not trying to be all things for people. It's trying to it's trying to be 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 true, be true to yourself. That's the only thing you right. can really do as a, as, a, as a leader as well. And that's also in the process of hiring the right employees, then too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you are the 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 employment process for um for 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 recruitment, the first thing you need to do uh, is in. <laughs> for a, a purpose-driven employ, employment process is to understand what your purpose is like you know, so and to do that, that that isn't as simple as as simple as it's as it seems oh no determining <laughs> your individual purpose or your business purpose can take months yeah yeah absolutely and and as business purpose it's it's i think as an individual purpose you can have multiple purposes um as a business purpose it's a bit more you need to be a bit you need to be quite clear uh, you need to have something that is that is like a, a like it's 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 it can boil it down into a sentence or two, and you can really get get that messaging across what's really important to you. Like fundamentally, it's so what if you disappear? Like that's that that really is is the question. Like it's not about making make profits. It's not about you know like no no one will care if it's just if a pure profit driven entity disappears. But right. it's what happens if if you're no longer around. Like what will your customers miss? What will your what will your um your, your suppliers miss? What will your your community miss? Um, it's it's difficult. So, like, for example, like um, Starbucks, office of all things, is um, we believe in the pursuit of doing good. Nothing about coffee, you know. It's and like it's another similar one is is kind of um, Molson Coors. It's um, uniting people to celebrate life's moments. Nothing really to do specifically to do with making great beer or like pro- provide providing a you know, good good a good place to have a cappuccino. Um, Coca-Cola says, you know, fresh the world, make a difference. Like it's not about, you know, making sure we're all buzzed up on caffeine all the time, which is probably more, more appropriate. <laughs> uh-huh, but, uh-huh. 
Yeah, so it, it, that, even, that even goes to a lot of the, and I'm going to pick on it here in the U.S. primarily for a moment, the Super Bowl ads and the commercials that they do are not necessarily about selling their product or service. It's about creating a moment and making you feel good, creating an experience in that 30 or 60 seconds. Absolutely, yeah. It's about, it's about creating an emotional bond. Um, and, that's, and that's really important because it's, again, a corporation is an inherently unlovable thing. <laughs> You know? So it's the people in there and the purpose that's, that, 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 that the people are working towards that makes it something that you can feel, 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 feel some emotion for, feel some loyalty mm -hmm. towards. Like, um, you need to kind of take, you know, keep, keep it simple um, you know, and have, have clear messaging out there. This is, this is what I stand for. You know, and this, 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 this is this is why I'm going to be. This is this is why I deserve to be in this. Room. This is why why I deserve you to be my customer. You know, this is this is this is how I'm going to be helping. It's how I'm going to be help, helping helping the community. Um, and you don't want to be the guy um, that the business that is the one who is like polluting a local lake. If you do that, you know, there, there will be nothing. But unless you've 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 it's a complete accident, um, and you've built up these relationships over time that people trust you. In that case, yes, you can you can make mistakes and people will be forgiving of them. If you're a company that has no purpose, it's just out there to be to be, and it's you end up losing the lake because you've been cutting corners because you've just been chasing chasing that quarterly profit. You're not going to make it through too many quarters because something's going to trip you up. Mm -hmm. So let's look at this again from not necessarily the global perspective of the organization, yeah, but let's look at it from the employee's point of view, the manager's point of view, how can managers, directors within organizations, not in the C-suite, how can they help the organization keep the sustainability going? What do they need to try and do? Right, yeah, a really good question. So what you need to do is once you figure out your purpose, uh, you then kind of have to figure out, because you, again, you can't be all things to all people. You need right. to pick, a couple of things that you can make an impact on that is that is in that are aligned with your purpose. It might be um, you know e e diversity in your boardroom. You know, it, it could could be anything. It could be anything that it, that is a, like a it's a key sustainability metric that you want to be really really working on. Um, but to figure this out, you should you you need to go out and talk to talk to your employees, talk to talk to people around you, figure out what what they are really what they believe your your company is all about, how they think that you that that what they think you stand for. Pull it, to, pull it together, try and get um, a, a, a quote. Okay, going back one more step. The first thing you do is try and find those showstoppers. So go and have a look at your industry and see and, and try and, and benchmark yourself against against others. If you're doing things that are that are out of whack, that's that you believe that's that's and in a lot of cases you don't understand that you you'll have missed these things. You don't, you haven't looked that far that down your supply chain. You haven't, you haven't looked looked at these at these things. If you're going to go through, say, the uh, an exercise that we went through was we, we picked the sustainable development goals, the the uh, the, the SDGs and don't you come across them. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. The United Nations um about kind of 10, 10, 11 years ago put together a list of seven, 17 different goals um that uh, that, that companies and countries and individuals need to need to be looking at for society uh, to 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 maintain itself in the long run. And like part of it is is uh, is, is fair education. Part of it is uh, is living wage. Part of it is looking after your oceans. Part of it is like it's it's it, it, it is everything about you know about the ways that the human humans live live and breathe and exist on the planet. 
So we, we took we took those those 17 points. We looked at as across everything that we did in the organization. And we said, okay, well, what are we what are we doing in relation to this? What are we doing in relation to that? Is that anything that concerns us or not? So that's yeah, we, we went 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 through all that benchmarks against against others. Um now because we're in the renewables industry, it's stuff that we're we were very conscious of anyway. Um so we weren't so we didn't find find too too many um uh, hard, hard misses in there. But for example, like going back to back to Nike uh, back in the day, where they had um child labor. Um, you know, children, literally children, making their trainers. They this it was a huge, huge, huge issue for them. They they dug it, they dug in, they 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 found out this was happening, and they took very strong say no, we this is not acceptable. They 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 turned around, they they took it from their, from their supply chain, and they made a big virtue of saying we found this was happening happening down with our subcontractors. We've now stopped it, and they then became heroes for doing. It. If they hadn't have taken that proactive action and had it been discovered that they were doing it, it would have been like a major, major it would have, it, it could have ended. So it's taking that kind of proactive action to find things that can end you. And you find a couple of things that you are that you are, that you you really want to focus in on, and then you you need to embed it in the organization. So you need to embrace the 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 the, the, the complexity, define what you're doing, um, communicate it, measure it, and um, and report back often. Okay. Uh, so like every, every kind, of, kind of three or six months and say, well, this is what we said we do. This is how far how far we, we've gone along the track. Can you help us? Can you move us along? Celebrate the, the successes, uh, explain and, and ask, ask for, for help on the failures. And that, it does take some humility from, from the kind of from, from the management and CEOs to say, listen, we've we, we've come so far. We haven't quite hit this. We haven't done this. Help us, you know. And it's it's it can be can be a difficult thing for 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 for, for management CEOs CEOs to do because you know. Well, yeah, you just hit you, earlier. You used the word, and just now you brought up the other part of that word. You talked about trust earlier, and then you just now talked about being vulnerable, and right. being humble. Many people look at those as being a weakness. Quite frankly, I think they're one of the greatest strengths. When somebody can step back and say. I've made a mistake. Somebody can step back and say, I don't know exactly where we're going with this. And that I think we saw in the pandemic as certain organizations, managers at every level, including the C-suite, were able to step back. So I think you just hit a very key point there is allowing yourself to be humble, to be vulnerable about that. Um, is that something you've noticed with some of the great companies that have been maintaining their sustainability lately? For, for sure. For, yeah, I, absolutely. I, you can if, if you're prepared to accept you've made mistakes and go back um, to do it. I just just want to make one one point on that. One of the most powerful lessons I've ever I've learned um, as a you know, in, in any leadership role is it's your job to be right at the end of the meeting, not the start. I a love that. People, a lot of people get it along their ends. They come in with the idea and they want to try and persuade. That's not absolutely not. You're in a meeting with people. You take you take the information. Your job is to write at the end, not the beginning. That is such a powerful aspect of things. When you think about that, getting it right at the end, making sure everybody's on board and starting to build that. When I think about it now, what was one of the first things you did? At United Renewables to make sure you had sustainability. Well, we sustainability was always in our in our DNA. 
sustainability. We we started out with the idea that we wanted to be a a business that our sustainability was quite narrowly focused at the start because it was very much looking at the environmental side. Mm-hmm. Uh, started, yeah, very much look, looking at um, how to be decarbonizing. So, so what? As we as we grew, we've always grown with diversity. We've always grown like you know we we've, we've got a kind of a majority female boards. Uh, we've got people people from all, from all all communities. Like we could absolutely um, all communities within 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 the island context. Um, we, uh, we make sure that we are we look at all aspects of in every op- operation that we do. We look at the sustainability um, implications of it. So, for example, recently we were putting out our our, our RFQs request for for quotations. So, and we, we wrote them with with taking out the pure financial frame and asking about um, you know what's your carbon footprint, you know how, how much carbon carbon do you, do you do you produce in getting this particular material to us, um, what is your what what is your supply chain look like. Do you, where do you where do you get your materials from? Like asking the difficult questions that they will that they need then need to come back and think about themselves. So they then go away and they have a look at their own supply chain and kind of go, well, well, are we like what is what is our what is our impact on the planet? The, the, the positive or ne- negative to go along. So we can be making um, impacts down a chain by taking responsibility ourselves and, and kind of being being role models ourselves as well. So we do like to like like to talk to talk as much as we can about sustainability, which is why I do do things like this, um, and uh, and and environmental aspects. But mm-hmm. it, it, sustainability is not purely about the environment. It's about it's about um, the world being here for our children and our grandchildren and our great grandchildren. Right. There's an awful lot more to it than just 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 carbon. So. Right. Oh, absolutely. And asking those difficult questions are questions that. <laughs> that will now get edited out. <laughs> Three, two, one. Stopping to think about the difficult questions. When we have to ask those difficult questions, those are questions that were not even thought about. 10 years ago, much less 20 or 30 years ago, that we'd ask whether we're talking about the environment or ecological or anything of that nature, there's so many other things that we now have to think about and asking those questions, regardless of the industry that uh, any of our listeners may be in. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's, uh, these things go in cycles. They 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 get they they go they go in long cycles. Like we've been living in a world where of of like you know Keynesian economics, where it's where share where shareholders have been the the number one and only priority, and that's that that's been in the place for for like thirty odd years. Mm-hmm. Chicago, Chicago school school got type, type economics, where you don't count the natural environment, you don't you don't count count really anything other than than than, than quarterly earnings. But if you go back through various various points in time before before that, yeah, the whole economic framework was much more inclusive and it was much more, it was counting all of these things and in uh, the, the fundamental the starting point of economics right now is um, that human happiness is derived by uh, by by a consumption function. It's derived by your ability to consume and society's ability to give you stuff to consume. 
uh, that wasn't the way the way it was like in economics 60 70 years ago you've got a much a much kind of kind of broader broader view of the world that you, you utility is derived from from all sorts of other things like it's it's like having nature is something that gives you happiness you can't put a price in this but it does give you give you happiness it does give right. you well-being you know, having having like clean air, having like you know time time to yourself. It's not all all about all about uh, dollars and cents. Right. It's it's a relatively recent construct that right. we that we started to think like this. And we look at it in some aspects. Some companies right now, um, some of my clients are even having days where they make it a pet friendly day or a yeah. pet friendly office, so they right. can bring their pets to work. Uh, they have a bird sanctuary out in the yard. They do things to revive the environment, so they're looking at that. So all these companies are doing things to really engage the people more. Love it. So yeah, that love brings it. me to the question, what can leaders, not necessarily senior leaders, but what can leaders do, what can a manager of a team do to communicate their commitment to sustainability for their, their organization? Whether yeah. their organization is environmentally in there, or whether it's a manufacturing, or whether it's a service-related industry, okay? What yeah. can the managers do? And then tag on to that, when we look at transparency, that's a big word used today around the world, what role does transparency really start to play uh, in all of this? Okay. Yeah, two, 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 two kind of big, big questions. But the, the, the kind of simpler one is um, how to make your, your employees kind of feel more, feel more engaged to it. Well, all you need to do is give them a little bit of freedom, give them, give them a little, little, little bit of space. As long as you are sincere and saying, we believe this, this is important, you need, you need to back that up and say, listen, if, if just give an example, we think that, um, what, that one of our key, key measures is trying to make our community kind of cleaner. Give people time to go, to, or, or you want to, want to make kind of education, because it's not another one of these, like it's a good sustainability goal, people need, people need education. Give people time to go into schools and to, 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 be, to, be, to, to be, to like give them like half a day to go in and talk about whatever they want to talk about to a local school, or give them half a day to be organizing, um, you know, picking up litter from the beach, you know, whatever, just give them a little bit of time, the space employees i've never seen a group or a group of people who are given a bit of time a bit of time in the space then witter it away or, or or fail to hit productivity targets you know because <laughs> people get energized and they, they 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 get excited and they get to think oh my god i'm sorry oh my goodness i'm in a place that i'm in a company that believes in the things that i believe in and you, you turn up with your best self and so you're more productive during during the day. It's a, it's a win-win for everybody. Absolutely. You, you get, a couple of things happen there. From a psychological point of view, you get their brain off of doing their work. So that all of a sudden, that part of the brain gets a little bit of a rest. And so you go out for half a day and you come back, they're more involved. You, you start to build a team. You start to build a camaraderie around things that are out there. And people say, but we're losing all that productivity. You're really not. Yeah, you're exactly. really not yeah. doing that. Yeah, so that's really that that's actually a great tool and an idea for getting people to be more engaged yeah. is getting your organizations for whatever your people. So going down a path here, would you recommend that managers say, what are your personal projects? What are the things you want to do with the uh, environment? What are the things that you are passionate about outside of work? Would that be a good question to ask the team? 
Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And then and then figure out because there, if you if you're talking to a hundred people, you might get a hundred different different answers. So you need to try and try and pare it all down. And say, okay, well, what what can make what can make kind of most people most people get get behind mm-hmm. and pick one or two things, and then just get a couple of advocates, a couple of people, the most pa- most passionate folks bo- who are who are who are mm-hmm. who are into this. Give them a bit of time, bit of space, bit of freedom, and give people time to go and do this. Like it, it's a really, it's a usually, it's it costs you very little. Um, it can make a big impact on 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 morale. It can make a big big impact on motivation, and make a big big impact on the community. Make, if you make a big impact on the community, you you get benefits back as well. So like it's as as a, you can stack it up as a pure business decision as well as the right as just simply being the right thing to do for your for your employees yeah. and your staff. I'm going to ask you to put a hat on that you probably had on when you were going for your in your entrepreneurship learning mode. But I want you to put your hat on and think about one year and five years and maybe 10 years. Futuristically, where do you see businesses having to change in order to stay sustainable? Sustainability is not that's one of the big kind of um, misconceptions. But one of the big misconceptions about sustainability is that it is a um, it's it's a snapshot, uh, it's a destination. It's not. It's a process. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. Like the, the 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 one the five the five to ten years. It's all. It's it is it is it is a journey. Um, you will be. You need to be sustainable. Short term, medium term, medium term, medium term, long run, long run. Um, you should short term like the one year goals. Um, can be kind of quick, can be quick, quick and easy to try and try and get people embedded into into the idea, into the mindset. So the first thing you need to do is, start, is get rid of those showstoppers, one hundred percent. If you don't get rid of the showstoppers, you don't do yourself. Yeah. Um, but then do the do the, the easy wins, like the, the quick and easy things, like do your um, like waste management, you know, energy efficiency, um, those those things that have got an immediate kind of um, bottom line impact. And people can see that well. If we're not, if we're, if we were doing something that's wasteful, it's now less wasteful. Wasteful. It's it's good pro- for profit, but it's also good for sustainability purposes. Your t- your ten year year goals can be much more much more ambitious, and the five year is is like it's a simple yeah. kind of yeah. it's, it's, it, 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 it's a, step, it's a step process. Yeah. It's, it's it's absolutely a process. a process. You know, it's the old expression that says it's not the destination, it's the journey. Yeah, 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 for sure. And you never get there. Like that's that's point. You should never be able to get there. Like if you if you get to the end of sustainability journey, you're you're gone. You're you're, you're no longer. It's kind of like the word perfection. You can strive to get there, but you will never get there. For sure, for sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, in so. leaving, as we wrap things up today, what would advice would you give managers of organizations today to help their teams or help their companies? become more sustainable the idea of coming with some of those great ideas the c-suite i love them i think they're great what about if we did it from a grassroots level what are some things that you might tell a manager or an employee who's listening to this today because we don't have all c-suite people listening we've got everybody at all walks of life so what would you tell them that they should do yeah well and a really important thing to do is First, the C-suite it needs to be sincere from the C-suite, and you and and you need to be empowering people to be to be living up to those values. Yeah, um, but it's it's for people to believe that this is going to happen. There needs to be signals. You know, there needs to be like for some. I, 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 um, 
a CEO of a of a clothing business, um, Italian clothing business, I was talking to a couple of weeks ago, said what what he did. They're in Italy. They're in Milan. They drink a lot of coffee, <laughs> an awful lot of coffee. So what they did was they took all of their coffee grounds uh, from all of their machines, and they 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 then made grew mushrooms from the from these uh, from these grounds, and they gave the mushrooms across to the staff. And like it wasn't a particular cost them very little. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't a particular problem that they were trying to solve, but it was just the signal because everybody saw this was happening. Everybody saw the, these these things were going, and everyone went, "Okay, so this is what we're all about. This is this is what we're this is what our business stands for." And as people, as as everybody kind of walking and walking in and in and out of the like getting their coffees, um, seeing the mushrooms grow, taking them home, feeding them to their families, they understand that sustainability is important to this business. So they start to think about, well, how can I be more sustainable within the business? And the the changes they've made down their down their supply chain in being in getting sustainability in the fashion industry, which is extremely difficult, are re really quite quite remarkable. But what the foundation of it was, the first thing they did was we need to be telling people. We need to. We need all of our employees to understand that with that this is important to us, and that's that's what they did. They just made made that one thing, and it was a signal, and people understood this is important. That's yeah. interesting because what you, in essence, if I'm going to recap what you just said, is the seeds we can give the ideas to the folks to come up with the ideas to plant the seed, for pun intended there with mushrooms, but to plant the seed for whatever it is to help their organization be sustainable. And then embrace that and start to nurture that. Uh, managers nurture from their employees, uh, the next level and nurtures it all the way through. And as they start to do that, then the organization becomes more sustainable and everything that they're doing for the long run. And then profits and revenues, of course, will follow behind that. Yeah, for sure. And like, again, no pun intended, but like it is an ecosystem. Like you need to understand the complexity of the ecosystem that you're in. And, and any good, good, good kind of manager or leader needs to understand like all every business has got a, a system of complex um, procedures and processes and supply chains whatever else mm -hmm. sustainability is another part of that and you need to you need to to be um promoting that ecosystem you need to be looking after and caring caring for nurturing that ecosystem and and a part of that is trying to get information from the from the bottom up um and it's kind of a, a good a little like a little little good example um, a kind of professor of mine at uh, London Business School, a guy by the name, uh, by the name of Alec, uh, Alex Edmonds, recommend anyone to have, have a look at. What he did as part of his PhD was he had a look at the 100 best companies uh, to, to work for. You know, it's, it's, it's a kind of well-known, well-known book put it every year. And what he found was that um, if you're on this list, you've got somewhere between, between two and a half and 4% of an increase uh, of a higher stock price than your peers who weren't on this list. So you look after your employees, you empower your employees, you you yeah, you get a, like a positive impact on, on your on your on your stock price. There's a major sustainability factor right there. Yeah, your people, your people, your, your people are everything. If you don't have if you don't have your people, you don't have business. Yeah, yeah. Chris, this is fascinating to learn more about and learning everything else. Tell everybody about your podcast if people want to join in on that. And listen to that as well because that's about the the environment yeah well it's it's it is actually it's called conversations on climate 
and it is it, it actually it very much started out as a podcast on environmental stuff but we have very much kind of broadened out into all things sustainability and management and leadership as well uh what we do is is um we 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 talk to leading academics and business people um so every it's every every two weeks um two weeks leading academic two weeks after that business person uh going on and we talk about um yes yeah, sustainability esg uh climate change um, I think it's really good. So please listen. <laughs> uh, again, the podcast can be found on wherever you listen to your podcast, or if you're listening right now to us, you can probably find the podcast there. It, again, it is called Conversations on Climate. Yeah, conversations on climate. Yeah, it's right. it's pr principally on uh, on YouTube. Uh, we just got uh, got up to we've been going for a year. Got to one point eight million uh, views going uh, now after a year, which we're, we're, we're very proud of. Um, so yeah, it's it's. And I got to tell you, with the news that's come out recently about the highest recorded temperatures on average are on Earth, these are things that we, if we want to talk about sustainability of our planet, we've got to look at this. For sure. Yeah, unless we get this one right, very little else matters. If we don't have a planet that the human humans can be can be surviving and thriving on, all of our other problems seem pretty small. <laughs> Absolutely. Chris Carwell, and again, you're not in London this week. You're on holiday, I think. No, I'm I'm on the Isle of Man. On the Isle of Man, I do I do do a lot of kind of work from the Isle of Man as well. So okay. Uh, well, I tell you, enjoy yourself, enjoy the time there. Thank you very much for joining us on the Teamwork Advantage, folks. If you want to find Chris Carwell, it's United. Tell everybody your your organization's website. Yeah, UnitedRenewables.co.uk. So it's .co.uk. That's right. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, I think there's a United Renewables in the U.S. as well, something of that direction. So I want to make sure exactly. we hit that and get you the credit for that. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks very much, Greg. Okay. All right, folks. Yeah, everybody, every week you listen to the teamwork advantage, you get ideas that you can start to put to use. And the power of putting work together in your team starts to help you grow and become more sustainable in your business, in your organization, in your life, in your family. Until next week, please remember, having a good day is just being average. It's like getting a C on a term paper. Till next time, go make every day excellent and exceptional. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Teamwork Advantage with Greg Gregory. To learn more about how Greg can help your organization develop a powerful winning culture, visit TeamsRock.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-R-O-C-K.com. Be sure to join Greg next week when he interviews another exciting and powerful thought leader on the Teamwork Advantage. Until then, as Greg says, make sure you have a great week because a good week is just being average.